All right, what's going on, guys? Chris Starr back at it again with his white and gray Jays. No Vans here. Not in that Vans game. Another Nuisance Wildlife Wednesday coming at you. This time, a huge invasion. No, not an invasion. A huge deal. A huge little critter that a lot of people are dealing with on everywhere east of the Rocky Mountains. I'm talking about the Eastern Gray Squirrel. These little guys, man, I've probably caught maybe a thousand of these little jokers in my lifetime, whether it be hunting or within my nuisance wildlife control business, Wildlife Command Center, our business, comrade. Anyway, gray squirrels, right? Let's get right at it. So these guys, these guys are the ones, you know, last week we talked about black rats, the things that go bump in the night, kind of the more just like the kind of like that in the night, whereas gray squirrels are like the the thumps in the day. They go thump in the day. So an interesting fact about them is like, maybe some people think, oh, it might be squirrels. As soon as the sun goes down, those squirrels are done. Dunzos. Until maybe an hour before sunrise, then they start to rustle. Rustle, do some thumping, some bumping, some grumping, maybe some chewing. So everywhere east of the Rockies, basically, they kind of fizzle out right around the Midwest, kansas you know, Great Plains area where there's not a whole lot of continuous woodland for them to live. And that's kind of where the fox squirrels take over. And then once you get into the Rockies, there's like a bunch of different weird little species like the Alberts or Aberts and a bunch of larger like fox squirrel subspecies and stuff like that. And then eventually, once you get like all the way out west into California, Nevada, Southern Oregon and stuff like that, there's the Western Gray or the California Gray Squirrel, which is gigantic. But anyway, today we're talking about the Eastern Gray. So these are the stereotypical squirrel. When most people think of squirrel, either that or the fox squirrel, we're going to talk about that a different time. That's a, a little larger of a species. Grays are usually like four or anywhere from like 300 on the low end as mature adults to like 500 on the large end. Grams, three to 500 grams, like in size, you know. They're eh, like bodies about a foot long and then their tails are about another feet long. So about on average, like a mature adult, about two feet long, nosed tippity tip tap of the tail. So these guys are, like I said, the ones that you hear bumping during the daytime and they will actually chew their own way into houses. Last week I mentioned black rats. They pretty much only use existing entry points or slightly enlarged entry points. Gray squirrels and all squirrels, they will just freaking chew their own way into houses. If they can smell or feel that there's some sort of void back there, there's like dank, meaning like not moving air. They they come up to a roof to stop a junction. They, you know, they get, get some sniffins in. They feel that that like, oh, oh, they stick their little pawsies in there, little toe beans. Oh, 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 there's space back there. What I can do is just, and then they just go to town. You know what I mean? They're like the smallest of the rodents that have monster teeth. You know, rats, you know, they, they have big teeth. But like, I'm talking like beaver, nutria, muskrat, all the way up to capybara, and then back down to squirrel, the chewers, the chewers on these things. Because all they do is freaking run around and chew on nuts all day, you know, acorns or acorns, as uh, apparently I learned from uh, 
the Bear Grease podcast, Clay Newcomb. It's supposed to be pronounced acorns. But, uh, hey, the more you know. Anyway, these suckers will just chew their own way into houses. Now, some of the things that draw them into neighborhoods, just like all rats and all rodent species, bird feeders are the big ones. You know what I mean? If you feed the birds that aren't hummingbirds, they, they'll come in and gank those seeds. You know, you've all seen those videos of like squirrels trying, like attempting and sometimes making it and to get onto bird feeders and then freaking janking those seeds and jacking them up. And then all of the different ways that people try and keep them out of bird feeders, cones, you know, there's also a YouTube channel that creates like this crazy, awesome squid games maze looking thing for squirrels to navigate to get to their peanuts. It's hilarious. Oh, and everybody's seen that squirrel launcher that he steps onto the pen and just freaking flings him over into the next county. Hilarious. If you haven't yet, YouTube it. It's amazing. So bird feeders. And then in all honesty, you know, if you're somewhere in the East and your neighborhood is, I mean, anywhere over 10 years old, the main thing is the age of the trees. Do the trees have a decent overstory? Like, are they above 20 five-ish feet? And are they producing a mass crop? Oaks, maples, you know, they'll chew those little spinner seeds, pecans, walnuts, all of those mass producing trees. Are they producing in decent enough quantity that squirrels can live off them? And I mean, in all honesty, this is just, these are broad stroke statements. I've seen squirrels in neighborhoods that are two years old that were semi-close to older neighborhoods that were like, you know, built up in an adjacent field and they just came in and they just make their way and they figure out where fruit trees are, freshly planted fruit trees. They'll come in and they'll eat on those and bird feeders. Love those bird feeders. So, I mean, in all honesty, they will find weaknesses and exploit them and chew their way into houses. Unlike uh, some of the other animals, raccoons, you know, they're pretty tough They'll just b- b- bust into a house and create their own entry point, just like squirrels. But besides having like super bolstered roof to soffit junctions, what's another big one? Making sure that your chimneys are capped. That's important for raccoons as well, because they'll sometimes live up in the crown or <laughs> fall down the chimney and get stuck in the top of your fireplace up in the flue. Gabled vents, those are the vertical vents that let the attic air out. If there's no exterior screen or if the interior screen of it is weak, they'll chew through the usually wood or plastic on the outside and then push their way past that screen onto the inside. I've also seen them utilize covered gutters, like gutters with gutter guard over them to keep leaves out. And it's, oh my gosh, like they'll just live in the gutter, you know, in places that don't rain a lot where getting wet is not an issue really. I've seen them totally just live in there. It's amazing. So another thing is like crappy or not so much crappy, just aged shingle roofs with soffit or fascia boards that have water damage. Easiest little bite, bite right through those soffits and go inside or maybe plastic soffits that aren't super locked down, like the J-trim is getting weak, that locks that soffit in place, and they can push past it and then get up into the soffit that way. That's a really common issue with houses back east. Not so much here in the west, but back east we find squirrels and soffits and raccoons all the time. 
So one of the main things you can do to kind of keep them first off at bay, you know, not super interested in your house is a, one of the biggest ways is to keep the limbs trimmed off of your house. You know, this is a pretty recurring theme through these podcasts. Am I right? Keep the trees off your dang house because that just allows animals a perfect little highway to get over onto your roof. And then from there, they will find places to exploit. So keep the limbs trimmed away. And honestly, for squirrels, we like recommend at least four feet because two feet and even three feet, they will yeet themselves onto your roof and then figure out a way in. Another big thing is keeping fruit. Like if you have fruit trees, keeping those cleaned up off the ground. That's more so an issue with rats, but squirrels will take advantage of that. And if you have a mass bearing tree or a nut tree, keep those nuts raked up if at all possible so that they won't be attracted to come in and eat those. And I mean, a lot of animals like skunks, deer, you know, when we'll go into deer at one point, you know, people, oh, we love deer, but deer can be a nuisance. They'll be their own episode. And so will skunks. So keeping your mast crop off the ground up, you know, and recycled, send that out in your, uh, your green trash. If you are going to feed the birds, you know, in all honesty, what I recommend to people, you know, by the time I'm called out, they already have their issues, whether it be any kind of rodents. I recommend that if you do want to feed birds, feed hummingbirds. Hummingbirds are great. You know, finches and sparrows and other things, they, they'll find the food. There's natural food out there for them. And if you want to watch birds eat, feed the hummingbirds. They're great. And a lot of times they need a little bit of help, you know. Not a lot of people have awesome flowers and uh, like natural flowers for them to sip from. So they could always use a little bit of, a little bit of extra. Or if you do just want to feed other birds, one good thing is a goldfinch feeder. They're these like cylinders, little tubes, and it's kind of like seeds stuffed into a sock. Only goldfinches and a few other very teensy weensy birds can pick the seeds through that kind of tubular sock, basically, right? And squirrels aren't really attracted to those seeds. They're so small and they have such a tiny nutrient profile. They're like, you know, they're like, I'm out of here. I'm going to go, you know, fiddle up some freaking acorns somewhere. So that's one way. Or if you half, half, have to feed finches, not gold finches, like bigger crunching finches, like house finches or something like that. Just make absolute sure that you keep your excess seed, like this, because the birds are messy. You know, they flick, like, I don't want that seed. They, they flick seed everywhere. So keep the excess seed cleaned up if at all possible, somehow, some way. Keep coming with this funky stuff like every single day. So keep that cleaned up as well as put squirrel guard on the base of the pole. Make it so that they can't jump on to the bird feeder from anywhere else like close by. So I put it out in the open and then put a little uh, guard on the base so they can't climb up to it to get to it. And in all honesty, I mean, that's about it as far as preventative measures. Now, if you want somebody to come out and like preventatively check to make sure your house doesn't have any weak points or bolster said weak points. Like I said, it's more likely along the lines of how long will it take before they find a weakness that they can exploit? So you can call a wildlife company. Wildlife Command Center is the best one. I'll just you know throw that out there. 
to come out and do a preventative inspection and figure out, okay, hey, so I don't have any squirrels up in my attic right now or rats or mice. That's not that likely. Most people have them. Take it from me. Where could they get in? And we'll do our inspection. We'll get up onto the roof. We'll look at the house from the outside on the ground as well. And we'll figure out, okay, we'll get up on the roof and like test these spots. Like, okay, yeah, there's holes right here. They just haven't been utilized yet. They haven't been found basically is what it is. So then what we would do is give you a price on what it would take to close up those areas, bolster them, maybe put sheet metal in place. Because if you know, if you just put light screen in, squirrels will just chew right through that seriously straight up. So like quarter inch wire, I've seen squirrels chew through that. I mean, oh man. I mean, even a super, uh, like a really intense squirrel, maybe like a mother squirrel who thinks her juveniles are still inside of the attic. I've seen them chew through half inch welded wire before or chew around it. Oh man. So when it comes to squirrels, we make it as tough as possible and just freaking sheet metal those entry points or possible entry points. We don't want any possible way that they could come back in. Now, if you already have squirrels, step one, different than the rats that we talked about last week, step one is to trap the animals out first before you do any kinds of repairs. Because if you seal up a hole and then start to trap, that squirrel is just going to chew its way back in around the repair or chew another way in. And that's the last thing you want. So step one, leave everything as is trap the animals that are inside out first, trap them on the outside. That's that. We find that squirrels are best trapped on the outside. That's like kind of when their mind goes into foraging mode. And if we don't have traps right on the hole set in a positive control manner, meaning they have to exit through the entry point right into our trap, then we use baited traps. Peanut butter and birdseed, baby. That's the go-to. Lure, we dribble that onto it. You know, actually, if you go to wildlifecontrolsupplies.com, there is a wildlife command center like squirrel trapping kit that you can kind of start with. I believe it has a trap, some bait, and some instructions on how best to get this set up. And, you know, I'll give you some tips right now. Tell you what, my favorite place to set a trap, if I can't physically put my trap on the hole, it's the top of a fence. Love fences. I mean, you guys have seen it. Squirrels. They love fences too. The only thing they love less than power lines is fences and trees. You know, trees are king, then power lines, and then fences. Easy to navigate. And most of the time, there's a lot of squirrels to catch. I'm going to be honest with you. Usually it's a family. Minimum of two, depending on the time of year. Usually four to six. If it's spring or summer, the mother, the, the, you know, the adult female squirrel is like, you know, screw you middle fingers up to the man, literally, the male squirrels, they are not allowed into the den, your attic. And then on average, female greys will have four offspring in a litter. And, you know, sometimes it's three, sometimes it's five. I've even seen six, not that frequent. Six is in like a boom year. Lots of acorns, lots of forage, nice and wet but usually it's four. And they can have multiple litters in the spring, summer, and even coming into fall. Anyway, so usually it's a family and you got to set some traps and get to trapping. So step one, trap out the animals first. Best thing to do, put your trap on the hole. And once you've stopped catching animals, 
the tenants or you yourself have not heard anything inside for a good while, then what we can, you know, for a couple of days, we haven't caught anything and we haven't heard anything. We are able to pull those traps. And then from there, we seal up the holes. And then usually after that, or, or, you know, during the initial inspection, we will have checked if they did any damage to the attic. The big thing with squirrels, you know, they don't cause a lot of damage to the insulation because they're so small, not like raccoons, but young squirrels are chewing sons of guns. Let me tell you. So we'll get up there, check the wiring, make sure that nothing needs to be replaced. Well, we're not going to do the replacing. We're wildlife specialists, not electricity specialists or any kind of wires. So we'll just point at it and say, look, that's busted. And uh, we'll make sure that they didn't tear anything up too bad. So from there, squirrels are caught, holes are sealed up. We'll also you know, go around and make sure that holes in the future are sealed up. You know, because if we don't do like a full clean out, or I mean, you know, we could also do like a, a slight deodorization of the attic, kind of knock down the smell of the squirrels. Because even if we do bolster everything up, that's what we want to do. It will keep the squirrels out, but we also want to make sure that the house doesn't smell like squirrels because it's only a matter of time. There's other squirrels in that neighborhood. They are territorial. They don't let everybody just into their hole, but it's only a matter of time till other squirrels kind of move in, check out the area. Hey, is there any squirrels living here? You know, this might be a good place. So we don't want the house to smell like squirrel at all. So deodorization of the interior of the attic, but the main point is closing off all of the possible entry points on the outside that they could even try to get in. So that is the gist of the Eastern Gray Squirrel. If you guys have any questions, contact your local Wildlife Command Center office or give us an email at info at cancatchit.com. That's our main company info. If you have any questions about what you can do to make sure that you don't have squirrels, if the sound you're hearing is squirrels, how we could help. Or if you want to do it yourself, go to wildlifecontrolsupplies.com and type in WCC for Wildlife Command Center, and our trapping kits will pop up, and you can pick one of those. We have like a squirrel one, a groundhog one, and a snake one. But for this instance, get the squirrel trapping kit, and that will help you get any squirrels out that you might need if you're a DIYer like a lot of people. So thanks again. This has been Chris Starr with the Wildlife Command Center podcast. Appreciate you guys listening. And until next time, get squirrely. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this podcast. This is Michael Baran, a.k.a. Bare Hands Baran. Make sure you go now to Discovery Plus, download our reality TV show, Bare Hands Rescue, where we are out there every day rescuing people from wild animals. It is entertaining, it is engaging, and it is informative. Download it today and listen for our next podcast.